Good morning. Good morning. Today is another day for the... I don't even remember what we're called. What are we called? <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I, I it's was about also, to say, nor is it another day. I to call us Sprixels off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's going to be a topic one of these days, I think. But. Yeah, not today. Um, so, uh, I've, I've got a very bold statement I'm going to make here. Let's hear it. Tetris sucks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's like uh, that's like when people say like, I think you've said a similar thing, and it's cool with me totally. But people say like uh, like Citizen Kane sucks. And oh, you... I hate Citizen Kane. <laughs> that's, that's like <laughs> that's, that's, that's what... it. It's like you're gonna have a significant amount of people who agree with you, and a significant amount of people who don't, and then blah 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 yeah. blah. blah. So I guess that's our topic for today, and that's what we're gonna go go over. Is is that? that kind of game yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) that was a a tricky little lead-in it was done well done yeah yeah uh what's what's i actually will very briefly just talk about how much i hate citizen kane we so i went to animation school like i i had to watch a lot of movies and and whatnot and uh so we had a film history class at one point, and and of course one of the classes we had to, or one of the films we were required to watch and do a report on was Citizen Kane, okay, um, which I had never seen before. Okay, and I I gotta say, uh, I can understand from a historical point of view how it accomplished things with cinematography that were outstanding for the time. Okay. But I I feel that that game uh, that movie does not hold up and age well by uh, today's standards. If you've seen a lot of modern stuff and are used to seeing modern stuff, what is it? The pacing, the storytelling, the uh, the the the, the pacing. Yeah, yeah. The, the overall pacing of it, I felt weird, and uh, I can't I can't even clearly remember what it was. I just remember at the time just be, being. <laughs> really impatient as it's happening and and just frustrated that the story didn't really seem to be progressing <laughs> uh you know what i've been watching a lot of uh 70s movies lately we have a little like film club at work kind of uh of sorts yeah. i guess and like um, i don't know why but it's just happened to be a lot of 70s movies lately and i find mm. 70s movies are paced in a very interesting way they're very by modern standard very slow and at first when yeah. you're watching them it's just like God, come on! But after watching yeah. them and watching them, I, I've just adjusted to it so much. It's like familiar in a way, and all of a sudden everything's very different. So I'm not yeah. suggesting you go and watch like a hundred movies from the '40s to like set a yeah, context. Yeah. But I, I bet if you did, or if it was I the mean, '40s I've, right now, you'd feel very different. The thing is, I have watched stuff from a variety of time periods, and it's it. I don't feel like it's so much that time period. I feel like it's that movie. I just don't like it. Yeah, uh, but it, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is just a fact. Like if I was there at the time, I would have appreciated it more. Um, I actually had a very brief discussion with someone on a on a, a forum recently, kind of about the same thing with video games, because there was okay. one person saying like, video games don't age; they are what they are, and either you're just distracted by other things and like a sucky game or <laughs> I don't know I don't remember exactly what he was saying but it was like I was pointing to the example of like Zork or Adventure okay. and saying like uh, these are examples that of games that were very uh, important for their time but uh, they they don't hold up today like they've they haven't aged well uh, and so a few other people were arguing for or against me Okay. Uh, so, so to an extent, I feel like that's kind of going back to uh, what I'm saying with Tetris. Um, but also, Tetris just sucks. <laughs> I will warn you. I, I I don't side fully on with with really either side, but I certainly um, lean the other way from you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, Tetris sucks is a big statement. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, te- Tetris is not like my favorite game ever in the whole world or anything, but like I've found it to be, for what it is, um, a pretty fun uh, little game. 
And then yeah. I can see how Tetris entering into a Tetrisless world would have been. Uh, I can see why the the phenomenon happened, right? You know, I I think it really works, uh, particularly at the time that it was, because there was no such thing as a mobile game at the time, uh, and and I think the Game Boy did a really solid job of uh, at least popularizing Tetris in the fact that like it, it was kind of the same way that people play games now it's a game that you can turn on you can play yeah. for a few minutes and not really get invested in and turn it off and while you're waiting for a bus or whatever um, it's the original mobile game it's the original mobile game I guess yeah. I mean I'm sure the game and watch stuff there's probably something there that holds credit for that but uh Tetris really exploded in popularity. Uh, people kind of saw it as an addictive thing. So I, I can I can appreciate it from a historical point of view, but that style of game typically does not interest me. Right. I, I, I'm going to say that's obviously where we differ, uh, and that's that's kind of, I think, what, what we wanted to uh, really discuss today yeah. was how... You put a lot more emphasis on, I guess, kind of the flavor, uh, the the mm. um, setting, uh, probably the kind of maybe the the art and music and so forth. And while I love those things, I uh, for me, I I do put a lot of focus on the pure mechanics of the game. And also, if that's not there, um, nothing about the flavor can save the game for me. Yeah, uh, which. Which, I, I don't know, I, I, I can understand that and I can't, uh, because I've played games that have terrible, broken bugs and stuff, and I've still been able to love the game. Can you give me an example? Uh, Castlevania 2. Castlevania 2? <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> that's interesting as an example. To me, 1 and 3, in a flavor sense, were more interesting. I I enjoyed the flavor a little bit, but I uh, like I loved the the fact that it was like these towns that you were in, yeah. And then you got to go into like a level, and then you got to go into a castle, and it was kind of like this open world thing that you could go around. So there are mechanics about that that I liked, but like all the dialogue, at least in the English version, I never played the, the Japanese, but in English, the dialogue was broken. Like people <laughs> yeah, outright lie to you about <laughs> stuff that you're supposed to do. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then there's like cliffs that you just have to duck at for like 20 seconds or something stupid. And it's like, no, like, how are you supposed to figure that out uh, short of, like, reading a strategy guide that someone else wrote because the developers told them? Right? So what, what is it that made the game interesting to you? The towns? This, the setting? It, yeah, it was, it was the flavor. The, uh, the music, I thought, was absolutely outstanding. It uh, was, actually. Like, it was very much. I, I loved the, the... I don't know. You just start off and immediately the music is great. And then you go out and, like, the... There was, like, that... I know in retrospect it was terrible to have to wait for the day-night transitions. Sure. But that flavor of, of it going to night and the music changing and things being harder and stuff like that felt really cool to me. Uh, right. So if I can interject quickly, I think, so to me there's times when flavor is just, just a, a pretty coating on the mechanics and there's times when like, and maybe this is a stretch and you might roll your eyes a little but i feel like times where the flavor kind of is a mechanic almost like if they're trying to establish a mood yes it's yeah. flavor but i think that's like i wouldn't i would include that in my side from the way i look at things with like it being kind of a mechanic like when i play silent hill it's a horror yeah. game right so the flavor is kind of what the game it is an element of kind of the mechanic they're trying to accomplish if you know what i mean uh, yeah. So, so um, here, it, yeah, that's like the music. They're, they're not, of, they're not 100% separatable. Exactly, uh, exactly. And I think there's, there is times when maybe they, they kind of are. Like, I think if you were playing, let's go back to Tetris, for example, and it was like mm. they, they put some coding on that, you know, you're building a spaceship or something. Like that's just pure flavor, right? Like Tetris could and has existed without anything of the sort. Um, and that's what I, I really just don't need is that flavor. Like a, a pure Tetris with like, like a Tetris on on like a, a calculator or something would be just as 
well to me kind of right i mean of course the flavor yeah. is nice and and i can appreciate it but i don't it doesn't make the game significantly better to me to have it there i guess so castlevania 2 with you talking about the music and stuff i think they went for this feel of like kind of open world you're on your own go out there and 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 do what you got to do and they they intentionally i guess put a little bit of focus on that since the previous game in the series was very different and was it was like stage based mm-hmm. um and so I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a mechanic, but I can. For me, I, I can see that as being important to accomplishing what the game set to accomplish. Uh, yeah. It's the the stronger argument, like we we had, of course, offline kind of touched on a few things. Um, and I brought up uh, Lunar. <laughs> which, yeah. Yeah. I said I hate that shit, and I think you said you enjoyed it. I'm not gonna put words in your you mouth. You know, I. No, I I did I did like it, and what's weird is. I played that game through completion, and it must have been in 1996 or maybe 1997. I can't remember which, but okay. I barely remember anything about the game. Ooh, I remember it. <laughs> I, I basically remember that it was an RPG, and it was incredibly anime. Yes. And yes. at that point, I hadn't watched any anime, so like the idea of like tropes being overdone and stuff, I I had no basis for that. That was a lot of people in the West in like the '90s when it was like, oh, look at this genre, wow. And now it's like, yeah, it's I've already been living this for thirty years, twenty years. What you know, the tropes, as yeah. you say, are just so evident. So I I remember there being like a cat girl and stuff in it, and and at that point, like. It's it's just something I hadn't seen before, so I, I was able to just take it as something completely fresh, and mm. I I remember liking it. So I totally hated it. I found it. I have the same problem with like say Breath of Fire, which I think interestingly you also brought up previously. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's just it feels like the game designers. I mean, I have no idea, of course, but I feel like they said, like, hey, we have this really cool world and this cool story we want to tell. Um, great. Let's make a game out of it. But what's the game going to be? You know, let's let's mm. let's figure that out. And then they just, it's, it's like they sat down and played all these other RPGs and said, OK, this is our game. Let's let's just put our story on top of this. Mm. And sometimes, I mean, you know, maybe that works. It might not be the most interesting game. It's just that same game again with a different story in a way. But like, yeah, especially I found Lunar. Um, and to a lesser degree, Breath of Fire, to be just bland. Like, I felt like I was just doing mundane tasks again and again to get them to feed me this story they had built, mm. right? And and especially Lunar, I just, I mean, why not make a TV series or something? Like, I just didn't yeah. get why I had to walk through this level, do this fight, press the buttons, walk through this level, do the fight, compared to... Um, say certain games, I don't know, some of the Final Fantasies which were more tactical and you had to make choices and battles that were, you know, you had to customize your party in a certain way to make it fun, where that was entirely mm. absent from, say, Lunar. It was so pointless to me. It was like it was like literally just doing mundane tasks to be fed more story, um, which mm. in a way, one could argue games in general kind of are that. You're doing tasks, you're being fed story. But if the tasks are interesting and you're engaged then yeah. it feels good to get through that and then be fed the, you know, kind of be rewarded with the next chunk of story. Whereas when it's yeah. mundane and it's the same game you've already played a million times, I just don't find that interesting. No flavor can save that for me. Yeah. So I guess at that point, though, it, it kind of comes down to, like, uh, your preference in books, right? Like, there's no mechanical difference between... Uh, Gone with the Wind, the book, and Twilight, the book. They're both <laughs> words on paper that you read in sequence. Sure. But obviously the flavor is completely different, right? Well, so pure flavor in a way. It, yeah. So, really right. so to me, like, I can understand if you find that the story in Lunar is not interesting to you and because it's not doing anything mechanically revolutionary there's just no win for you at all uh but i guess that's where we differed is i i remember enjoying the story itself so because i enjoyed the story it didn't bother me that it wasn't breaking any new ground mechanically i feel very different for sure um so uh a game i tend to uh mostly talk well about um, is uh, Xenogears, for example. And I really enjoyed the story. Yeah. But there was long <laughs> stretches of that game that were very hard for me because I was 
boarded on my mind. Um, yeah. I was playing for the story. There's right. So the game is kind of hybrid in a way where. The, so when you say when you say bored, do you mean because of the story or because? No, of... the story was interesting to me, but then I'd get in some level and I'd have to walk through some dungeon or whatever. Right. It would just be like, uh, you know, I, I like these characters. I'm interested. I just kind of want to maybe finish this game, but it's another right. one of these dungeons. Uh, right. Uh, and uh, like there was kind of two. There was, you fight as humans, but then you also have. Like, each human has a, a robot they, they can, like, fly around in and do stuff in. And when you get in the mm. robots, the battles were more fun. And mm. it, was, it was interesting just because they worked a little differently. But um, the human part, which was probably three-fourths of the game, was more, like, standard RPG stuff. And that was just not that interesting to me. And it, 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 it was such a significant portion of the game. I, that was one of the things that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. Um, I just wish they'd made that more interesting. I don't know. Like, hmm. imagine when Chrono Trigger came out. It wasn't, you know, it was another. Uh, I guess what do they call them now? JRPG or whatever. Like what I what I simply called RPGs at the time. Um, and uh, it was, I guess, for for the layman, perhaps very similar to Final Fantasy. But they did enough different things that playing it, yeah. like just purely sitting down and playing it, was just fun. Where yeah. I didn't get that out of like, oh, a new Breath of Fire, Breath of Fire Two. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same stuff again, right? Well, it was interesting because, uh, so like Breath of Fire, I don't remember what sort of new mechanics they had in the original one, but I remember totally with the second one, uh, well... Was it hunting or something? I don't, I don't even remember. You could fish, you could... In, I think you could fish in the first one, and then they expanded that into the second one, and you can hunt, and you can fish, and you have to like build your own city and like Mm. depending on how you interact with npcs that city gets built differently um so i felt like that was there was a lot of cool stuff mechanically going on in that world um and i have no idea where i was going with that (laughs) 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 what were we talking about immediately before that uh just how like say chrono trigger was Right, Chrono Trigger. To me than so, Breath of Fire because of the mechanics. Uh, so yeah, so one thing is that uh, like the the battle mechanics and stuff weren't really any different for Breath of Fire. Like that that was kind of just the same as <laughs> generic Final Fantasy RPG, IV, right? Art, yeah, ge- generic nine. RPG. Yeah, but and and it was it was if I remember correctly, it was a reasonably difficult game too. Like you had mm. to grind for levels and stuff. You did, yeah. Um, and so something that was interesting about Chrono Trigger is when they were making that game, they were specifically trying to make a mainstream RPG. Hmm. And with that in mind, they were trying to simplify uh, the the game so that someone who had never played an RPG before would be able to play it through start to finish. Hmm. Uh, and so that actually left it to be somewhat of a, of an easy difficulty game. You didn't have to grind very much yep. in it. Yep. Um, and, and for the people that were very experienced, it, it was something that you could casually kind of go through and experience the story and, and mm-hmm. appreciate all the rest of it, which was in, in my opinion, extremely well done too. Like everything from the, the music to the art. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, they introduced that completely new battle mechanic where you you can walk around and you can avoid most enemies. Yep. And then there's no battle screen transition. Yep. And then you get to like really focus on who the characters are in your party because you've got your your techniques, your dual techniques, and your tri- yep. triple techniques and stuff. So. And the idea of proximity. Or location being important, like if the enemies were grouped together in a corner, you'd use this yeah. technique because it hits, it, it like damages people over a range and stuff like that. I, I thought it was clever, and that was what made yeah, the, that was they, me the big thing about it that made it interesting. Yeah, and uh, so I actually read a uh, a uh, design uh, reverse engineering guide or whatever of of that game okay. uh, I, I don't know what you want to call it I'm, I'm trying to find the name of it right now it was called a uh, reverse design chrono trigger okay um I, I mentioned last year how i had bought like a, a collection of like reverse design books yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. final fantasy 6 chrono trigger final yep. fantasy 7 anyway um so i i read through that one um in december i think and it was it was kind of interesting to read that breakdown of like how 
the mechanics and the story very much worked together uh, very harmoniously. Mm. Um, well, that's the ideal case. Like, I'm sure me and you can both agree that's the pinnacle of, <laughs> you know, a well-built game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there's definitely... I mean, that's that's what sells something, right? Is mm. I think that blend between the flavor and the mechanics. Uh, like, going back to Tetris, I liked Dr. Mario... <laughs> uh you know so that's that's it's it's a it's a very similar game like there's yoshi's cookie and there's i don't know i guess Warriors eventually Bloods. candy crush and all that stuff right yoshi. oh yeah yeah candy crush uh like it, it's Something. it's all very stylistically stemming from the same thing but it's like i i think dr mario is the only one of those that i liked and it was one part the game mechanics like having to match the the colors to clear the stacking stuff but it was also the other part of like this cute character that I'm familiar with, who's a doctor and the little viruses and the pills and stuff like that combination of the flavor and the mechanics really won me over. Whereas, you know, Tetris is blocks falling from the sky. <laughs> uh, it just, it, it was, it was, I felt like it's more of a toy than a game, I guess. Like okay. it's something you can play with and and get a little bit of enjoyment for a little while, but it it's not something I ever want to go back to. Interesting. So I can see that, and you know, part of me feels that way too. Of course, uh, like I do enjoy flavor very much, and I mean, it's what you remember, right? When people start talking about Doctor Mario, you immediately get that that tune in your head, and you can just yeah picture Mario throwing the pills. So I get it entirely. Um, I guess it's like, so for me, I don't know, if I was like, I mean, I, I, you know, kind of rating a game and putting it down as a number is, is a weird thing because there's just so many things to yeah. consider, but, you know, just as a kind of something to use as a starting point. Um, I almost think of it like, how can I explain this? Like, like, in a, in like a multiplicative way, kind of, I guess, like, I feel like Okay, so imagine this. Maybe this is complicated and weird. Oh, well, I'll say it anyway. <laughs> okay, imagine <laughs> okay. you had to rate the game uh, in various places, and then you can kind of yeah. add them or multiply them to get a result. I, I would think like the kind of the game mechanics and the gameplay. I would give between a, maybe a zero and a one, and then rate the flavor from like from like say one to two, and then right. multiply those together and kind of scale them out to get like if you wanted it to be out of ten, you could do it that way. Does that make sense? Kind of right. like so like if. I guess my point is if the game yeah, mechanics yeah. are like one out of one, then the flavor is really poor, looks ugly, looks terrible, so it's one out of two, you'd still get like a, a, a one out of yeah. two, I guess. Whereas the yeah, flavor I mean, and the that's game were there. Yeah. So yeah. My, if the gameplay was really poor, so it was like, oh, I just hate this, I give it a zero, no matter how good the flavor is, it can't save it because when you multiply yeah. them, you still get zero. So it's like a base that needs to be there, and then the flavor can... Uh, in this an analogy anyway like double yeah. the value of the game but it can't make the game yeah yeah i, I can definitely uh, appreciate it along that sort of thing yeah so uh, whereas i th i think the traditional way that companies would rate games is uh like our uh, one of my favorite rating systems was game pro i knew it's a game pro with the guys like <laughs> the guy yeah. with his hair like bunching yeah. up and he looked super yeah. excited or giving the thumbs down yeah that was fun actually as a, as a yeah. youngster like yeah but like that was super fun and, and they did it that way too where they would like rate the music and, and rate the graphics yeah. and stuff and and then they just added it all together and, yeah. and then divided to get the average so yeah I, I i agree with you it doesn't completely work on an additive scale like that yeah. like yeah uh i mean there's other ways to do it too you could weight them like maybe like yeah like fifty percent of the score comes from the game play or whatever, it, but I don't know. Like when the Game Pro, it was fun, but I don't think it made any sense. Like they yeah. talk about controls, it's like I get it. That's something you should very much value, but it, it's so inter like dependent with some of the other things, like the gameplay and the controls. How are those kind of different? You know? Yeah. I don't know. We, we should we should try to invent our own rating system, and then we can we can both play Ultima at the same time and <laughs> fill in the numbers and turn them out and see what happens. Yeah. Fill in the shocked faces. <laughs> oh, we totally should, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're anticipating shocked faces for Ultima. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it'll, it'll be especially great because we'll, we'll, we'll give the, the, uh, the emotive responses on a podcast where no one can see our faces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that occasionally as we talk about games, actually. Every time I hear the word lunar, I'm making an awful face, believe me. <laughs> Speaking, of, uh, speaking yeah. of lunar, though, with the multiplicative, multi, multiplicative scale I, yeah. I just said, like if I literally hate the game because I just found the gameplay so boring and I give that a zero, then it's a zero for me, right? Nothing about the flavor yeah. can save it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like Tetris under my scale, I guess, like just I'm, if, if we can say it's a good mechanic to build upon and we can say that's good and then there's no flavor, it's still, you can see that as a valuable game under yeah. that scale. I guess what it comes down to for me is I just, I hate... I hate feeling like I'm just being fed stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. using Lunar as my golden example, like it was literally like I'm just being fed story. Like why not? Why don't I just watch a cartoon? You, you know, yeah. like there's there's media where that approach is is just how it works. Maybe like a film yeah. is is a you know it's an audio visual experience that is static. People have already decided the sequence of frames and the and the audio they're going to feed you and here you go and so a game is a chance to incorporate you know mechanics and and i guess user choice and have that impact how things happen how did they Mm. use that to build a product that's interesting how how does that increase the value of this product and i would argue that with lunar they it didn't do anything it they literally broke up the story and pushed events farther apart and gave you a very boring task to do in between yeah, I can't I can't remember the game well enough to remember whether player choice like if the player had any agency to actually change anything. Um right. Which I which I guess is what It's interesting cuz like Final Fantasy 4 is still one of my favorite RPGs. Yeah. And yep. that, and that's a that's a game where you don't have control over who's in your party at any time. Like yep. you, you have your characters, and and you're playing through a story basically. Like there, there are some spots where you can get out and explore and and find some extra treasure or something. But it's it's a story, um, and I really liked that. But yeah, the, there's also the whole world of like Final Fantasy VI, yeah. where you get to that second half of the game and. You could beat the game with three characters, or you could, you know, recapture every character that you had previously in any order that you want. And so it definitely feels like you have much more agency in and control over the what the game is. Right. Which I guess is especially what's popular now with the sandbox games with like uh, GTA and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Final Fantasy is an interesting case in point, I think, um, because uh, I'll, I'll let you speak to your own tastes, but mm-hmm. I very much loved 3 and 5, which I believe you did not. Yeah. Um, now, 4 to me, I mean, in my kind of how I describe Lunar, there's a bit of that where it's like, like you say, it's a story that it, they, they just, they set out to tell a story and yeah. build characters. But 4... I, I mean, I, I'm not going to just go against everything I just said. It was just done so well. I mean, the game, the, I didn't really feel it was dull. Like the, it was more of the same in a way, perhaps. But like the battles were interesting enough, and like you had to, even though you were given your party, um, you had to like choose the right spells, and it was tactically yeah. interesting enough. But the setting and the story were just so well done and so much fun. I do love four, um, but three and five, I, so. When people don't like them, they're always like, it looks bad, or the story was so bad. How come 5 had such a bad story after 4? And, and I agree, actually, entirely. But what I liked about those games was very much the mechanics and how like the party system made it interesting. And like I guess the, it felt mm. like a, the point of the game was different, if that makes sense. Like If I can talk about 3 a little bit, there's just there's parts of the game where it's like you get isolated in this this prison area and you can't get out, and so you have to... like switch to a certain class and then they can use magic and then you can shrink yourself and if you walk through this area as a shrunken like a, a mini person or whatever yeah and very briefly through, remember that and then you have to switch to another class uh because the boss is only weak against that and then you have to switch to it like you could probably leave one healer in your party to heal because they're going to hit you but then they might do this other thing because they have a really strong magic so you might want to put a magic guy and he'll cast reflect and the other people will be dragoons and jump like there's a lot of tactical interesting things you could do and so so yeah, the story of three might have been weak but i love that feeling of always being like kind of on the edge and having to 
play a game to survive instead of just hit buttons to survive, if you know what I mean. I, I, the only thing I can remember about three is that you start on a floating island and you end up fighting a cloud as the boss of the game. Did you play the remake or the original? The, the remake. I hated the remake, and it was because of the flavor, really. I just hated the cutesy cover they put on everything, and I just, uh, yeah. which, I don't know. Like, maybe you would have also hated the original, but if, if flavor is important to you, I feel there were two entirely different games, entirely. Well, I feel like maybe it's like a case of Citizen Kane, where if I had been there at the time, I would have appreciated a lot more. I think there's a large element of that, yes. But for me, I played... Uh, I played Final Fantasy 3 for the first time after I had already played stuff like 4, 6, uh, <laughs> Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy Tactics, right? Yeah, I for the so, most part played them in order. I mean, I, I beat them in order, yeah. believe it or not. Um, which, which is why uh, like I try to start games like Ultima at the beginning now right. instead of jumping straight to the end because for exactly for that too. reason. Yeah. Like you can appreciate a lot more when you when you do it in sequence instead of jumping backwards. Yeah. That probably um, actually ruined Final Fantasy three and five for everyone in the West. Like everyone played yeah. Final Fantasy seven and they're like, oh, let's go back and play these games. And six was still, I mean, it was Super Nintendo and you can see the blocks. Oh my god! But yeah. it was like people were like, oh, this is I can see this is this came before Final Fantasy seven. Pretty much all the yeah. other ones were like, uh, what is this? You know. Whereas if you've been playing those kind of games your whole life already, it wasn't such yeah. a you know, stretch. So I, I feel like stuff with like three, I seem to recall where you're saying like you go through the cave and then you have to switch your jobs and stuff to be able to take on the boss. It's like, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong cause it's been so long since I played it, but I, I feel like the game did a bad job of coaching the player into what jobs they needed for those bosses and stuff. It's just like you play through and then you get to the boss and then you die and you have to, try to then reverse engineer what went wrong and try again mm. whereas i feel like a lot a lot of the time now games have been built like chrono trigger is a great example of where like if you're gonna fight a boss that's weak against a specific magic or whatever it's like the dungeon leading up to that gives you a little bit of a flavor of that to to kind of train you how to use your techniques and stuff. Yeah. And it's it's something that's not as obvious as fucking Mighty Number no. 9 or uh, Mega Man 8 or whatever, where they are, like, coming in and telling you exactly what you need to do. God, don't get me started on <laughs> Mega Man 8. God. <laughs> that game. God. Yeah. Seems like everything uh, that's part 8 is just a travesty. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so, well, so I think that's a very valid point um i, I it's you're right and, and, it, it, and it's something that makes sense like i said if you play it at the time you've never yeah. had any better they hadn't refined their techniques and, exactly. and you can appreciate it but it's it's definitely harder once you've played final fantasy tactics to go <laughs> back to final fantasy 5 for the first time i do agree i mean i like to so this is at the very start of the conversation where you were talking about citizen kane um this is kind of for me where I think you. I'm more willing to put myself, or try as much as I can to put myself in the context of the time and and mm. draw from the experience uh, yeah. as much as I can in that sense. So even with film, if I'm watching something from like the 30s and it was like so it was supposedly so terrifying when it came out, obviously I'm probably it's probably super tame now. But I, I try and kind of, I guess, empathize with that audience and and just understand what it was that was interesting about the film at Mm. least and and its historical significance so you're having you're enjoying yourself and you're having fun but in a very different sense and i understand that and i understand why that doesn't work for some people or works to different degrees Mm. um as you have just said i also part of why i'm always like playing things in order or like i'm so focused on all these old games or like maybe i want to play this new game but i know that it's it took a lot of uh, influence from this older game so i'll play that first is exactly that Mm. reason right i want to build that story in my own mind so my experience yeah. with particularly final fantasy 3 was um uh i played it like in the mid 90s i'd played four and six and seven but i hadn't beaten them i enjoyed them a lot i did play through chrono trigger <laughs> i had mm. played through chrono trigger but still i i don't know it was it felt like a lost gem i guess like we in the west never got this right and and so there was that appeal that kept me going and just playing the game and putting myself in that uh context kind of um i guess purposefully 
instead of just, oh, this game sucks. Like yeah. thinking, well, it's old. Let's forgive some of these rough points. Um, I was able to very much enjoy it. And plus, I had already played 1 and 2, and I played Dragon Quest 1 and 2 and 3. And you can see mm. how groundbreaking it was compared to the other games, like its sibling games at the time. Like it was just very... If it was 1990 right now, yeah. and you, that was all you had, then it would be, I think, a very awesome game. Very, very awesome yeah. game. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm totally on board with that. And yeah. and just because I know Dragon Quest is like one of the most popular RPGs in Japan, I, yeah. I must admit that uh, 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like any of them. <laughs> Four the, is the one of my favorite lifted. games of all time. <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, in Japan, you might have heard this a million times already, but three is the one that's like so super famous. Everyone went crazy. They had to, you yeah. know, set a new law because people were like people skipping were skipping school. school. Yeah. yeah, and and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, you so you didn't like three. I can't. Is that the one where you have jobs? Um, yes, it is. And you go uh, to the, the guild or whatever. Oh, it's been a while since I played it. You go to the... You know, I I, I remember kind of liking it. Uh, and then I think, like, the first... Like, I rented that as a kid, got nowhere with it. And then mm. I bought it uh, in high school, I think, maybe. Mm. And then I played it for, like, three hours. And then I think you bought it from me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, wait, three. That probably happened. Yes, and I bought number four from uh, our local game store, the Batters Box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was thirty-five dollars, which is, at the time, was crazy. Maybe, but now the game yeah. is worth like ninety or just some crazy amount. So, um, yeah. Yes, and the guy I remember at the time was like, "Trust me, this is a great price." And I was like, "Okay." And I think. Well, he... I, yeah, I I bought I bought. One, two, three, and four for fifty dollars. That's a great. And price. I was and I was like, man, that's amazing. I love number four. I haven't played the others enough. I'm gonna play through them. And I I remember hating one and giving up <laughs> on it. I didn't try two, and then I tried three and got a little bit into it. And then I had like told you in art class that I was playing it, and then you're like, I've been looking for that game really hard. It's so rare. I can't find it anywhere. I'll give you fifty dollars for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> This is the guy in <laughs> I don't remember a number. I do remember buying it from I, you. I, I remember it being 50 because I remember hilarious. specifically I bought all four of them for 50 and then you offered me 50 for the third one. And I was like, That's how hilarious. can I not take this? That's really hilarious. That might have happened. I remember, yeah. I remember buying number two off of eBay in yeah. pristine condition. And I was like, this is it. I, I bought a like practically brand new game. It's so awesome. And then when I got it, I was afraid to play it. Because I, yeah. I didn't want to scratch it up. <laughs> so it's like, what's yeah. the point? Um, but uh, Dragon Quest, well, going back to the conversation at hand, I mean, that's a very much a flavor-focused <laughs> series. There's just not a lot of yeah. uh, interesting mechanics. And, I, I, and that's their yeah, thing. That's it's the like thing. they've intentionally stuck with that. Like, you play number whatever, 9, 10, whatever, and it's like still the same stuff, right? Yeah. That's and so that's, that's what I found interesting about it is like the, the mechanics really weren't that different between two, yeah. three, and four, and yet the flavor in four was so different that I absolutely love that game. That's very interesting. I so I'm interested. I'm different in that. Uh, let me see. I, I really enjoyed number one because it was the very first game like that I'd ever played. That kind of RPG ish game, and you know I actually liked how simple it was i guess like in playing subsequent games we have a party and there's this deep story and stuff dragon quest one or dragon warrior one or whatever it just felt mm. like you could just play it in a weekend and beat it and something with that simplicity for, for whatever reason just appealed to me i guess mm. um now i don't it would be maybe a challenge to hop in i don't know actually i could probably i can understand why someone else would play it and be like oh <laughs> right um but two i i think you're doing yourself a bit of a disservice by skipping two that's my honest opinion the, two, two so was I, a lot of fun I do want to play that. I, I remember playing two and I got to like, I remember having a boat in it. Oh, you didn't, you played it a while then. Did you get, did you fill your whole party, all three people? I can't remember if it was two or three people that I had in my party, but I remember having a boat and then I, uh, my contract at work ended and I realized that I was going to be moving to Australia. 
<laughs> and so that was the point where I sold all of my Nintendo and Super Nintendo stuff because I was just like, I can't, I can't have this massive collection and, and take it around the world. Yeah. So that was that was. I don't know. It's like a situation where, like, you're a kid and you rent the game and you have it for a couple days, and you know, <laughs> at the end of that time period, you just have to take it back. <laughs> bittersweet, bittersweet. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, two. I I liked the flavor. I guess like the music was really cool and the story was interesting. And if you mm. if you like hate one with with the fiery passion, then two is close really enough. Like one to that, maybe that you'd be like. Eh. But it it had a party and it had some interesting new mechanics and uh, well not really some for Dragon Quest it had some interesting, interesting for the time yeah, interesting for the series and the time and then uh, I don't know the the music and the story was a lot of fun so uh, but yeah Dragon Quest is it, it's kind of a poster child for what I'm talking about in a way I think the formula's okay but the yeah. the series never innovated Rude. on that yeah and I that's intentional to my understanding but. For the way I feel about games in general, it just doesn't really work for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... I remember getting Dragon Quest Seven on the PlayStation um, and putting like two hundred hours into it because it. Yeah, went I on think I, th- I think that was the first game that I had ever played where the the in-game clock went above a hundred hours. Oh wow! Yeah, like Final Fantasy up to that point, like what, if you reached ninety-nine hours, which I don't think I ever did, but I it just stopped, stopped it? there. <laughs> like it just <laughs> couldn't go any higher. You could be most of them in thirty, or like if you're yeah. a completist, I don't know, sixty. Like Tactics had more stuff, but like, uh, how could you put sixty hours into? Final, yeah. Final, Final Fantasy 4. I don't think you could unless you maxed yeah. out all the levels and stuff. Yeah, you'd you'd have to just be like ridiculous about trying to get, get a, out of the armor or something. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, the so Dragon Quest 7, I remember playing that for like 107 hours and I got to the boss of the game and I lost to him and then I was like, okay, well, I clearly need to get a different job and learn different skills or something and i got a job and it's it's like it takes you so long to grind those Uh, skills in that game that i was just like fuck it i'm i'm just never going to beat this game yep ever play star ocean any of them no the first one was like this it was a late stage super nintendo game so it was beautiful like just beautiful 16-bit fun game pretty cool um then they pretty quickly made a sequel on playstation so it was an early playstation game so it was like ugly mm. and uh, but uh i've i've played through the second one and it was the same thing it was just so much grinding and so much uh i forget how many hours i put into it maybe 80 or something but i did it as a kid like i remember grinding all my materia in final fantasy 7 to level that up uh <laughs> And uh, I don't know, like, I remember getting Adam at armor and, like, I, I never got around to uncursing the cursed shield in Final Fantasy VI where you've got to do 250 oh, fights God. with it equipped. I think I, I think I, like, loaded a hack game just to see it or something. Yeah. But, like, yeah, back in junior high and high school, it's like when I had a summer and no job... And my parents were at work or whatever. Like I, I could afford to just sit there and and kill time like that. But yeah. as an adult, like it, if I have to grind, it's just a complete turn off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, that kind of thing also probably must inform game design too. Because I mean, back then it was like games. That's for twelve-year-old males. You know, yeah. make exactly something that they will and can play and put tons of time in. Yeah. Now it's like, let's be inclusive, and there's like 40 year olds playing. It. Like, you know, I, I don't think yeah. that kind of thing is ever going to repeat itself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess the MMO world is still big on grinding. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, I don't think but, but that's busy adults. That, yeah. But that's like literally what grinding is, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it, it, if you're grinding for items, at least it's like a it's a gambling process. So it just mm. kind of feeds that addiction, which is a game mechanic. But I don't know. Uh, I've I've never really fed into that. Yeah, I don't. If it's something that's you're not really using your mind and you're not growing and it's not teaching you anything, I, I find it hard to get into. Like just television in general or things like like gambling. I don't know. So when the game mechanic is based around feeding me mean, meaningless information or just making me gamble, as you say, I get turned off pretty quick. Which takes me back to why I don't like Tetris. 
gambling yeah um, uh, not so much gambling it's just that it's feeding me meaningless information like it, you are building up reaction time and and learning to solve the puzzles in a way but yeah without without that can, flavor yeah i can understand right. but like tetris for example so i've i've played that competitively against people where like yeah you know you want to get um when you do well, it fills their side with stuff. And it's a lot of fun, actually. It's like playing a fighting game. Yeah. I can make the same argument, right? Imagine Street Fighter 2, whether you like it or not. Just imagine you took away all the flavor. I Even for me, it would be less fun, of course, and yeah. less interesting. But even yeah, then, like, if, if if it was 1990 and people were saying, look, we're working on this game. Just imagine what it's going to be like. But here's kind of the, the principle. I could probably kill an afternoon with blocks jumping around testing this guy's game if it's Street Fighter 2 and it's brand new, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, I don't know. Tetris, I think, you could dump all the flavor you want on it but the core is there i guess for me like in a competitive sense um sitting alone and and trying to get somewhere with it is like nothing to me that that to me is like it feels like practicing i imagine i don't know you know the one game that's like that that i I was able to put tons hours into Mm -hmm. uh was super hexagon super hexagon okay so Uh, what's the difference is the flavor it's the music it's the something the music I absolutely loved. I think it Chipsil was... is like the best uh, chiptune musician out there right now. Mm. Uh, the the graphics were incredibly simple, but uh, they did their job. I think. Feeling. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It it, it kind of like builds adrenaline that like you're immediately in there fast and stuff. But there's also <laughs> a sense of completion. Like there's there's a goal last a minute. Yeah. Uh, whereas Tetris, I felt like there was just no goal. That's fair. I mean, again, I think this is a case of like, you know, if you look at Tetris in the context of its time, they were still working on things like that, right? Like mm. game design ideas and stuff. Um, not just giving Tetris the free pass, uh, mm. but I think that that particular aspect is certainly, I agree with you that um, Super Hexagon accomplished it much better. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I guess we are still Time just over. as we're still just as set in our ways as we were when we began the conversation. <laughs> um, you know, but at uh, least we understand each other's point of view. That's true. I, I was gonna just as a, a concluding topic. We've mentioned Sprixelsoft a, f- a few times, and it's like uh-huh. a topic for the future. It's obviously the uh, the the game uh, company we worked on together or part of together. I'll say um, it, yeah. this is interesting in retrospect because I think this very much informed our approach to the the game to game design right like i, oh, I feel yeah. like at the time like i was so focused on like how the game would play and stuff and like from the get-go you were like okay i'll work on the story i'll i'll, I'll do this i'll do that and yeah. i don't know I, I it it like at the time i guess I, I maybe i didn't fully understand i thought we should move the whole conversation back to to mechanics and kind of get there with the story i i don't think that now but um it's interesting talking to you now and I can really put put things in place looking back on kind of the approach we took then, yeah so but like I, I said well, yeah I I felt like we had done design stuff and and it was at a point where I I very much could imagine what the game was that we were going to play and I felt like it was pointless to to worry about that anymore until we actually had a working prototype to be able to refine (laughs) whereas i felt like i felt like putting the the effort into the the flavor of the music and the the level uh, layouts and the the character designs and animations and stuff i felt like that was stuff that was just going to take an immense amount of time (laughs) yeah well now i agree with you and i think yeah I think there was like maybe three different phases of the project. I felt differently at different times. So I, I mm. can't say the, like what you're speaking of felt very much true with closer to the end of things where maybe earlier it was different. But anyway, like I had said, uh, conversation for a different time for sure. Yeah. 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 All Great. right. All right. Well, good talking to you, man. Yeah, absolutely. I might uh, slip in another 10 minutes of sleep before I start my day. See, this, this goes back to the whole, like, how do you fit? anything in your life (laughs) the answer is like don't sleep that's the only answer i've really like consistently come up with yeah 
So, uh, like last time I mentioned how uh, we'd gotten similar amounts of sleep because I'd stayed up till two. Yeah. Uh, and I had that luxury because uh, my family was on vacation. And so I, I basically had spent the week doing stuff. Like I saw a couple movies. Um, I saw, what was it? Um, Silence, which we briefly talked about. And then yeah. I saw Arrival, which was like... I feel like that's one of the best movies I've seen. Really? Um, it it started off and I felt like I knew exactly what was going to happen immediately. And I, I successfully predicted the next like five minutes of the film. Mm. But then from then on, things went in a slightly different direction and, and increasingly went in a different direction. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. it. It had amazing... Amazingly well composed shots, um, and the the story was great, and and it was uh, different. So, I highly oh. recommend that film. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll, I will uh, acquaint myself. Um, and it's 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 one of those things where I've I've basically stopped watching trailers entirely mm. uh, since I let myself get overhyped with the uh, Final Fantasy VIII. I've basically stopped paying attention to as much hype as I can before I actually get to either watch a movie or play the game. <laughs> that was like 20 years ago, man. That I was, know. <laughs> that was like over half your life ago. Yeah, and and <laughs> that was a turning point. Like, I, I was so hyped for that and then so disappointed that I vowed to live my life differently from then on. <laughs> you know, I think that also did it for me for games. Like, that was a... That was the first time... That was the first time I let myself get that excited and I think the last, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But yeah, the, the the whole reason I was able to stay up till two and and I, like I hadn't played a video game in almost two weeks by that point, so I just stayed up and uh, played Dragon Age Origins for like five hours. And... Nice! Wow, that's <laughs> been a while. I can't wait till that I can do that again. That would I'd have to get up at like two to do that. I, yeah, well, I guess you're gonna maybe wait another three years. <laughs> we'll see. We can make this new, this new little bundle of joy a wonderful sleeper as quickly as possible and. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but my point, I guess, was just like, like my wife yesterday was like, uh, so we're going to the aquarium today. And she's like, oh, what do you, let's leave early. So I'm going to set my alarm. And I'm going to get up at 730. I was like, okay, great. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so I'll get up at 630 then to do this. All yeah. right. So we're going to do a podcast for how long? Well, maybe I'll get up at 530. You know, just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like adjust my schedule such that I have a life. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I'll uh, I'll let you now that I've just taken up two minutes. I'll oh let you have eight minutes that. of playing a game or going to sleep. <laughs> awesome. All right, brother. Cheers. Till next time. All right. Catch you later.